0: we
1: Welcome back Wildcats to another episode of Pod Talk Jam and Break. This time we're talking about High School Musical, the musical, the series, the final season, season four here on Brazilian Dragon Productions. And I am someone who loves Danny because I love the influencer girlies, Felipe. And I am not alone. I am joined by the star of Mac's favorite show that he worked on, Spark, Sam Davis. How are you doing?
0: No, I'm am, I am not the star. I'm just the spark to your mark. So you you are the star. I'm mark. just the spark here. in uh, Not so in need of gallbladder surgery right now. Okay, good. Yeah, um, I got that dog in me. But I still have my gallbladder in me. Do not need uh, any, any emergency saving.
1: All right. Well, I'm excited to chat about this season with you. Uh, we haven't done a podcast together since our preview. I did stick to the plan, stick to the status quo if you're nasty. Uh, I did release a podcast about the three seasons, but you know, when you go through depression, sometimes as a one man podcasting machine, it's kind of hard, but I did binge watch all three seasons of high school musical musical series, did a 20 minute solo pod talking about it, um, about where we stood. And having watched the entire show in the last two months, I am left with many questions and many concerns about the writing capabilities of uh, because the show definitely went downhill, but I will say, with the material they were giving, I thought these actors did the best they could. and this definitely became more of a character show on my end. But let's not start in negative. Sam, what's the update that you want to give to the listeners, if any? Uh, and uh, overall, what were your thoughts on season four of HSM TMTS as a follow-up question?
0: I'm sure I'm sure that a rewatch really made you long for you know twenty nineteen when this show really started off on a high note um i i agree with what you said i i have nothing negative really to say about the performances um the writing i did think was better than season three um so yeah i i thought they at least they ended the series well they certainly did not do as great as they started but how can you whenever you lose one of the biggest stars in the world um but season four, it was good, and I would say my—if I had to go ahead and throw a gripe out there, my gripe has been with the sound editing. Um, I gripe plenty about the the writing in season three, and it was a bit better in season four. But the sound editing—I'm like, my God! Every there have been so many TV and movie musicals done before. I don't understand why this show is the only thing that has ever not been able to make the singers sound like it's happening live like every song in this season especially sounded like it was just they just did one studio album version and i don't i don't know why they they couldn't make it sound more authentic they have incredible talent with incredible voices and i don't understand why everyone had to sound uh, so overproduced there were some great songs so that didn't sound overproduced but that would be my one big thing is like just this doesn't sound natural.
1: No, I I can agree with a lot of what you said. Joshua Bassett specifically seemed off in the sounds, the songs. And I'm like, this dude can sing. Like, why does he seem so like all his songs? I don't know how to describe it other than he sounds sad in his songs and overproduced in that sense. But um, like even just the cast recording version from season one that like really confused mm-hmm. me i did read somewhere that this is the first time they did live performances um since season one because of the pandemic which is confusing because a lot of these you could tell, mm-hmm. tell that they kind of looked like lip syncs the songs themselves like actually there were some great versions yeah, in the like studio album but like not not for performance and not for watching on tv
0: yeah, that's exactly, I had to go to the studio album, because I'm like, the, this song was not meant to be on TV, and you're right, they did sound better listening to it just on Spotify, and I don't understand, like, it's just it's just lazy, I guess, and that's fine. It's the fourth season of a Disney Plus show, and we know that streamers do not uh, generate revenue, which is why all these big tech overlords are currently trying to hold on to every penny they possibly can. Um, so they're not, I'm sure they're not spending a lot of money on the quality of this show, but it sucks that like they have such talented people uh, working on it and just we're not, I'm assume we're not getting the resources to make a, a high quality product.
1: It's just confusing. Also, like some of the decisions, like I read, rem- I remember reading at the end of last season that ten- Tim Federley had a plan for the final season. It just seems so inconclusive. Like, why are we wrapping this show up? Like, hmm. you could theoretically get another season. I feel like Disney Plus was like, no, this is going to be your last season, whether you like it or not. Um, but, like, they could have made yeah. a whole year out of this production. Like, they could have made different decisions. I'm so confused why they just stopped mm-hmm. in the middle of December when everyone is going to stay at that school for the next semester, except EJ. Like,
0: it doesn't break like, the situation, Yeah, especially because high school musical three is senior year it wraps up at graduation like what are we doing here then if you're gonna go meta with it at least like nail the landing and just yeah did not stick
1: um and we'll dive into it like not to be negative all at the start but like this felt like two different shows season one and two was its own thing and yes when Mm -hmm. you lose Olivia Rodrigo you have to pivot but there are pivots that did not need to be made like I enjoyed what we got from Jed and Maddox but they could have been like one season characters we could have like had Maddox as like maybe like we could have had her as a name that you mentioned but did we ever find out what the hell happened to Howie because the last I heard I feel like Courtney just had a throwaway line in the start of the third season that he's like in college and like He's doing a college orientation and she misses him but they were together at the end of the second season we get no mention of this man past season three episode one and now all of a sudden she's with jet i'm like so confused like that was the thing that bothered me the most of this season i was like where the fuck what did howie go
0: yeah no i like before you said howie like i completely even forgot that he existed um maybe I'm just we forgot my playing. wife and i were watching it no, no, I remember it now, and I agree with you, like, why they did throw him away at the beginning of Season 3, and you're correct. Like, they just mentioned it once, offhandedly, and never to be thought of again. I didn't even remember there being a Jet crushing on Courtney storyline, and then if my memory serves me, yes, it was just, like,
1: trailer yeah, that it was just,
0: the, yeah, exactly, like, the trailer made it look like that he had a crush on her, and I guess that was we were supposed to know from that and Let's yeah see. there's so many things see, I, yeah. go ahead i, I loved i love jet maddox and more of them and i would, would have liked for this show to just like get more to have gotten more thoughtful with fleshing everything out and you know been more than four seasons and like eight episodes each and just been a higher quality product Cause you can you can have shows with a lot of characters i'm not saying that we just have to devote all our time to Ricky and Gina and Courtney, and just the the ones that were there in season one. Like I'm fine adding new characters in, but like let's let's explore them and make it meaningful. New characters, especially if like at the end they are going to be important. So let's like flesh that out along the way. Um, but it is what it is. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the performances, and I think that all the all the actors did did well with what they have.
1: I agree with the actors did well with what they had like I again like it just feels like two different shows than what the show ended season two as versus what the show ended up being and shows have to pivot Mm -hmm. and reorganize all the time and I don't want to like I mean we're just amateur journalists doing conspiracy theories but my like my hope is that like Disney was just like no we're gonna tighten up this budget you can pay like Joshua Bassett Sophia Wiley whatever they want but like we're gonna make some cuts Larry Saperstein's not gonna be serious Regular for this season, neither is Seb. Uh, Like, we're just going to cut around. We're going to have like the core five, the new girl, um, Leomani Segura, and Miss Jen. That's our series regulars for the last season. Uh, Even though theoretically you would think Disney can put all this money into the production of the music, then if they make good versions that can get hits on YouTube, like, there's other ways that like you can create money. Like, Glee was a business model. And I just feel Mm -hmm. like they none of these musical shows that have come out in the last couple of years ever, like, look at Glee and, like, let's just do what they do. Like, let's do full studio recordings and make it, like, they, they do, like, these truncated, like, overproduced things in their studio. And I'm just like, no, just, like, make it a whole thing. You can buy ticket, like, you can make money off that, that can fund your actors. You can also, like, negotiate deals with your actors. I don't know. It just feels like this was very sloppy these last two seasons. And it's disappointing because the show really did – like, I rewatching, I, I think we were hard on the second season last year. But rewatching, I was like, no, season two might be better than season one. I don't know. I'm between those two because um, I actually felt like they fleshed out a lot of storylines. And now I just feel like I don't even know anything. It's just, like, so homogenized. Everyone's storyline is kind of, like, the same. It's just, like, the weakest version. And, like, actors can only elevate things as best as they can. But, like, I feel like a lot of the stories, like, could have had so much more potential to give the actors good material, give the writers, because I think some of these writers have to be very talented. They're just like stuck in the like Hollywood model where like you have to do what you have to do to like get your name out there. Same thing with the actors. I don't begrudge any of these actors. Like Adrian Lyles, take your shot. Like be on this season, even though it makes zero sense for your character. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway. No,
0: 100%. Like, yeah, Jet and Maddox, like they presumably lived in California right before this and they were just, able to up and leave their lives and move to Salt Lake City. Um, yeah, no, it, it's... I mean, I, I can't give any guarantees. So I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But it's almost certainly just a, a perfect encapsulation of what has happened now that you know, tech has been infused into the entertainment industry that the people you know, with the money and truly calling the shots at the end of the day are just lazy. and They don't understand what people want and they don't understand art or entertainment at all and yeah like you said um you know jet it was awesome to have him there would have loved uh, more thoughtful storylines to make it make sense and to make it make sense for maddox to be there and all this stuff but no we had to have every character with the classic trope of uh, either a will they won't they uh, misunderstanding of a, of a relationship or possibly a love triangle like one of those two things had to happen for every single character and then we have to spend half the finale like everyone like having their first kiss. Like, why did we have to have uh, Big Red and Andrew Barth Feldman's character like doing the exact same thing as every other character in the whole season? Like, that's just it. Just shows how lazy that they got. Like, they they were not given the the uh, flexibility to explore more interesting storylines for anybody. Everyone uh, yeah, it was the exact same thing in, you know, four different points of view. It's like why yeah. why is that where we ended up? From from where we started, why is that where we ended up? And same with like with uh Lee Segura's character being added Emmy. Um, nothing against her, very talent, talented singer. But you didn't need behind it was oh, well, she has 500,000 Instagram followers already. If we add her into the show, it'll make more people watch this final season. And I don't think it attracted any more eyeballs to the show. Again, the streaming model is you, you need to be more creative in making shows like this financially feasible. Disney was clearly unable to do that in ways that you mentioned and so they, you know, went with the lazy route instead of, you know, real talent that they already had that we were already interested in, like Seb, who very well might be the most talented singer in the cast. Joe Serafini, every line he got, like, like him or Darwin I feel like. Yeah, uh, and Joe Serafini sounded incredible, um, and we we could have explored that more all this season, but no, we added um, random characters. We had lazy writing for or lazy uh, plot lines for everybody and it's just like why why did we end up here
1: i just feel like i don't know like i'll say some positives afterwards but like i just feel like kind of the show wasted my time because the first two seasons set up a lot more stuff that didn't matter at the end of the day like yes i Rodrigo is gonna blow up you can pivot away from that storyline that you set, uh like initiated but i feel like gina and ej were set up to be endgame based on the early seasons like yeah that was the ricky will they won't they with gina and nini but I felt like even in this one season, like, I'm a pushback. Like, I think season three was just so whack that, like, Matt Cornett, like, was all over the place. But I thought his scenes with Joshua Bassett and Sophia Wiley both, like, the the college visit and then the finale, I was like, oh, I you actually can act. Like, I think he and Sophia Wiley had better chemistry than mm-hmm. Joshua Bassett and Sophia Wiley. That's my take. Um, but maybe I'm just delusional. Um, it's just,
0: that's it's that's 100% crazy. right. Yeah, that's no, you're you're right. You're you are right that Matt Cornett, like you, is much better this season Mm -hmm. acting wise. And it just shows like if you put some some thought and mindfulness into you know who these characters were and are, like these actors will get good performances for you. And I personally thought it would have made the most sense for uh, Gina for Endgame for Gina to be you know an I choose me scenario but it could have been done in like such a better fashion like her her, her mom forcing that on her was like I thought just such a negative storyline like the, the mom character Gina's mom was just not not great like the, the thing the one relationship of hers that she did support was yeah you should uh date this famous guy that would be good he's you know career driven because he's a famous actor already so that would be fine by me like, that part, you know, like, it was, like...
1: where peg round, hold that a little bit. If you really squint, like, she's like, oh, mm-hmm. Jordan Francis is her brother, so, like, uh, so, yeah. Jordan Francis? Jordan Fisher? <laughs> yeah, Jordan Fisher? Jordan Fisher is his, her brother, so, like, maybe, like, she pushed this on him, and he was, like, they're, like, very Hollywood-focused, entertainment career-focused, but it's just, like, it doesn't add up with, like, the small snippets of Gina talking about her mom. Yeah, like, her mom moved around a lot, but they seemed like they were close just based on the fact that Gina would mm-hmm. call her on the phone whenever she thought about moving back to her mom um after she stayed moved in with ashton in the second season just feels like i got a really bad impression of gina's mom even though like if you think about it i feel like they would have to be some of the closer relationships just because that's kind of who gina has in her life it's yeah. like her mom because that she has to move around a lot um yeah. and it just didn't line up that like her mom wasn't super supportive of gina following her at 1st a show yeah. that's so meta they have very little self-awareness. This goes back even to the first season where Ricky Bumble fucks his way into every single lead row in the show's history. But like, it feels like they don't even like respect the audience and they just like want to shake everything up. And the character moments like is really what like makes me satisfied with the fact that I went through the show. And I had a good time watching the show. Like, I, like, it's just stupid. It's easy watching, but like as a... Aspiring creative, aspiring writer. It just like frustrates me that like there was so much good material and good ma- good potential that they had set up that it just feels like they took a baseball bat to the bottom of a Jenga tower and just like who cares?
0: Well, yeah, you nailed it on the head, and it's disappointing for how much meat they left on the bone here. But I think we've been negative enough, so I'll let you since your show. I'll let you take the reins for however you want to see fit. But let's get to some positivity if you want to talk character storylines, what you liked. Um. Well, just to follow up on something you
1: referenced earlier, the French kid, zero purpose to be there, right? And I acknowledge no, that. But selfishly, it made me happy that he and Big Red had a moment because I was like, well, I called this shit in season two, whatever episode they went to North High at. And I was like, oh, he's only like, trying to woo Ashley because he has a crush on Big Red. And Big Red is probably going to be by, right? And I made a joke about it on the podcast maybe. But I definitely was like, they have more chemistry than he either of them have with Ashley. They should just date each other. And, mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, I don't think the French kid was worth bringing, even though, like, maybe, yeah, get your Andrew Barth Feldman cameo now that he's about to blow up, but not necessary in my opinion at all. But if it was going to be there, at least it, like, made me feel like I'm smart. Uh, but also, maybe if I'm prognosticating plot points in High School Musical and Musical Series, am I really that great of a writer? Because um, they just pivot everywhere. Like, you, you, like, can't predict what they're doing. Anyways, um, let's start with the positives. Guts came out on Friday. Um,
0: that is tangentially that. related.
1: Let's talk about that first, because well, we need to get back into a positive mindset before I get back into High School Musical the Musical Series. Because I do have uh, great. Today, But let's start with our girl, Olivia.
0: Oh, the album, it was incredible. It was, it was very good, like predicted when ever uh, Vampire was the lead single. I was like, OK, this song's good. You don't put out your best song on as the single. And then sure enough, came back and uh, a lot of the songs were better than Vampire. And Vampire's still a, an, an above average hit, but a lot of the rest of the songs were good. And I don't care if I am one of those, you know, cringy, younger millennial, older Gen Z people that enjoys Olivia Rodrigo's music because that seems to be the the public sentiment now is to like hate on people that love Olivia Rodrigo's music. But it's great. It rocks. And just because it's like, you know, it, it sounds a lot like Paramore or Avril Lavigne or, you know, nostalgic songs that people think of from, you know, 15, 20 years ago from when, you know, current 35-year-olds were teenagers. The songs are still good. It doesn't matter. You can evaluate it in a vacuum. The songs are good. Olivia is super talented. Um, and, then, and the album as a whole, it was just a no-skips album. Front to back, play it through. Doesn't matter. No skips.
1: Do you have a favorite of the favorites? uh
0: um so i i really like i mean they started off hot on all american bitch great song um is a real tone setter for the album then my other favorites i would say uh getting back was a good that's one that's probably my favorite. Uh, okay. yeah i think getting back is my favorite just like it's it's it plays off of that you know it does sound like you know mid-aughts you know punk rock stuff um, but it plays on the themes a little bit more, I think. So I thought it was more interesting. Uh, making the bed was great, and love is embarrassing. I would say would round out. Yeah, those yeah. those would be my top four.
1: Um, I just think she's such a smart writer. Like, even if you analyze the the title "Get Him Back," like, because if you listen to the song, it's like you. She partially wants to like get him back romantically, but also like get him back like revenge. And I thought that was like so smart and so mm-hmm. creative. And she's just a, such a talented writer. I mean I love Vampire also. I, you can't miss me with a piano ballad. I love those. Um, mm-hmm. I think The Rose Song is one of her best writings ever. Like one of her best songs ever. It's good. Um, it's true. I, my top true. my top 3 I think are Get Him Back, Made the Bed, and I also love The Grudge. I think that one's great too. Yeah. Like, the Grudge all is good. No, good.
0: Yeah. No, um, it's it's like you said like the the double entendre meaning of Get Him Back. It's like it is reflective of how good of a writer she is and same with like just all the songs, you know, everyone has their conspiracy theories about the the meanings behind the songs you know about if they're about taylor swift or if they're about sabrina carpenter or joshua bassett even or whoever else but also like just the you know the basic 10th grade english class interpretation of just literally what the lyrics are saying uh without any extra context like those the songs by themselves in that sense have a great meaning and then yeah sure maybe there's this like double conspiracy meaning conspiracy theory meaning behind the lyrics too even without that they're still like very great written songs um so yeah very 9 out of 10 album like is just
1: very good across the board i wish this season was written as good as olivia rodrigo's album but maybe that's the reason maybe she was like a supervisor like a writing supervisor in the room yeah I i doubt it but maybe um uh, let's talk positives, but just before we move on from Olivia Rodrigo, surprised you didn't see her at all in this season or not at all? Um,
0: not her? surprised. Yeah, they, they talked about me a little bit. Not surprised, um, you know, at this point, but it is what it is. Like maybe the, the post-credit scene where they sang for good from Wicked um, could have been an opportunity for her to be there for, you know, on the screen for a minute or two. But, you know, it is what it is. That's how Hollywood works, I guess. And, um, yeah, she probably doesn't want to be in the same room as Joshua Bassett if she doesn't have to, so that's fine. Um, and they, they've, you know, effectively win a whole season in season three without really talking about her at all. So, I mean, it's been, it's been multiple years since she's been involved with the show, so I can't blame her for, like, she's probably uh, gotten over the nostalgia of it a little bit. If she had just blown up, like, if she had blown up between – you know, season three and season four, I think she probably would have found the time to get in there. But, yeah, know, it was what it is. And, you know, so it's sad we, didn't get, yeah, or we didn't
1: get to see O'Rod on screen, but I get it. The one thing that bothered me more is that it felt like her leaving wasn't even acknowledged. Like, I feel like Courtney probably would have struggled mm-hmm. a little bit more with, like, her best friend being gone in a realistic situation. But, like, she was just, like throwing herself into the colleges, which is great. But then like the whole early episodes where she was trying to be like Danny's best friend, it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Especially like that's the frustrating thing. Like the show doesn't even set up like it set that up and then it never went anywhere. And that's, that's like, I guess my biggest qualms with the whole show as a whole, but I just wish that it was maybe like addressed a little bit more in a realistic tone. Cause like when one of the stars of your theater program leaves and like all her friends are, like, they're still there, but it's, like, there would be moments that, like, they would, like, mention me Nini more. I don't know. Um, just didn't seem true. Uh, like, again, this is written by a 40-year-old man or, like, created by a 40-year-old man who's not in high You're school right. right now, so. Um, uh, do we want to start with, like, the couple of the show, Ricky and Gina, I guess? Like- yeah, go for it. Give give yeah.
0: give me thoughts on them.
1: Um, I... What did
0: you think of Rena? Eh.
1: Like I, again, I think Gina should have dated herself at the end. I think she should have been like Ricky. Like, I don't know. It just felt off. Like I get that they love each other, but again, I just don't see it, especially she should have just been like, I'm staying in Salt Lake for me. Uh, Ricky, you're about to graduate college anyways, uh, or you're about to graduate and go to college. I want to focus on me. I've never really focused on me. I don't know. I'm, kind of over the trope that, like, the main characters have to end up together in high school shows because it can happen. Obviously, it happened with you, right? But <laughs> yeah. um, it doesn't happen all the time. A lot of high school couples don't last. Some do, but mm. I think between Never Have I Ever, I was like, Davey and Ben wouldn't work out. Sorry if I spoiled it for anyone. Um, no,
0: it's, no, it's just, like, it's, it's uninspiring, like you said. Yeah, and, yeah, it oftentimes doesn't work out. out and, once. Yeah, no, it's, like, especially, like you have whenever you're whenever you're choosing that you're making that choice but it means you're holding either of you back then yeah like it it doesn't make sense and I don't think from what we know of these characters especially Gina I don't think Gina would have or should have made that choice Um, yeah if they were both if they were choosing to date each other and then they were both going to be the lead in Romeo and Juliet like Ricky gets discovered too and they're going to be the leads in this major movie together then sure, that makes sense for them to stay together, they're not holding each other back by doing that. Um, yeah, just chemistry it, with
1: Mac, I, I, I like, I just think it should have been just her exploring herself a little bit more. It's just doesn't seem like the Gina we met in the first couple seasons, um, hmm. it doesn't feel real, and that's I think the struggle. Maybe that's why I felt like they lacked chemistry for me compared to EJ and Gina in the second season. Uh, because it didn't feel like natural, and also it's kind of still slimy. Ricky like slid in there right after she got out of a breakup, like, mm-hmm. and was kind of like putting the moves on her the whole time at summer camp. Yeah. I don't know. It's still. Really- I,
0: did, I did. I did appreciate that that part was at least addressed by EJ. Like, there's so many things that are like blown over. Like, we're not gonna get, um, you know, any any details to why this this character choice was made. But at least you know, in the conversations with EJ, we got to hear him say like, hey that was shitty of you like that was that was slimy um yeah i I agree at the end of the day wish uh you know gina would have just you know ended up on her own becoming a big star and maybe you know we if we did get a season five we would see like oh you know ricky's been just you know chilling they facetime all the time he's they've got to visit and stuff and they're still happy together but they're not i agree (laughs) I think they were better as
1: friends in the first two seasons than anything romantic. That was always kind of where they lost me, even in the rewatches. It was like the box of chocolate stuff from the second season. Um, Like, I don't even know if you remember it, but like Ricky Mm -hmm. uh, sent her uh, like she talked to him about how her mom always sends her like something for Valentine's Day. Then her mom didn't. And then it arrived later later in that day, right as Ricky texts her. And then she's like, oh, thanks for the chocolates. And then he's like, what? and that's basically their, like, romantic storyline for the whole second season. Right. Uh, it just didn't... Like, they, they're better as homies. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I think Gina, like, is rightfully the star. I do still maintain that Sophia Wiley has the potential to be the next big, like, Disney Channel breakout that, like, goes mm-hmm. mainstream.
0: Um, so... Yeah, she doesn't like, just keep doing, you know, zombies one, two, and three over and over again. A real don't
1: star. Don't like that, but... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they couldn't even like pay her to show up if they're gonna bring everyone yeah. from summer camp like have yeah. her on the Facetime with ej also was it ej and her are dating i guess sort of
0: they they implied that they're dating said that he's been talking to her a lot he's been she's been his confidant in you know all of his personal growth and whatnot
1: pop off elton john um ricky the old the other, other big storyline i mean it was like he was smitten for gina which didn't make sense to me but like if it made sense to the writers um we also kind of get his like college journey which we'll talk more about but before we do that i do want to mention like his parents which was like a big part of the early two seasons and like mm-hmm. never acknowledge, and they just like magically are back together at the end of the film or at the end of the series it feels like like it felt more romance based than friendship based the end i don't know
0: yeah um see i i just took that as you know they didn't have enough time to write and explain that out i just took it as like oh yeah they're, they're amicable and they're just sitting next to each other for ricky's musical but yeah it would have been interesting to you know, get a little more time to hear from that but i'm i'm fine there are plenty of characters to hear from i was like i said tired of you know love triangle tropes and will they won't they tropes i was already tired of you know miss jen and ricky's dad and mr mazara yeah. um so I, I was perfectly fine to no longer hear from mr bowen
1: Speaking of positives, Ms. Jen, Ray of Sunshine, she is the star of this series based on my rewatch. Like, yes, she's wild and out of pocket and like light on her resume, but she genuinely cares about these kids from moment one. And you can see it in the show. Like she genuinely cares about like being a good role model for them. And I think she's like the highlight of this experience for me. Like, yes, like we can enjoy the ride that we had, but I think Ms. Jen is gonna be like a teacher that sticks with me from like fictional- teachers um way better teacher than Mr. Shu um yes, she did some out of pocket things like um the whole like lying on her resume and then getting the the stage caught on fire in the first season and like ha- trying to like be um memorable for Kenny Ortega, but she grew and I really enjoyed Miss Jen and I like Mr Mazara too I like their dynamic, and I'm happy that they kind of ended up together um
0: no yeah I agree yeah, I agree, agree. The teachers. One hundred percent love Miss Jen. Um, yeah, she didn't, you know, romantically lead on any of her students like Mr. Shu and Glee. So that was definitely a positive for you know a drama club uh, director. But no, I, I liked her dynamic with Benny, uh, formerly of boy band fame. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, happy they ended boy up band. together. What you think of all that? Yeah, we we got. At the why he hates music, which is it felt very like very Doofenshmirtz yeah. to uh to draw on one of your other podcasting muses.
1: Yes. Um. Also, can we talk about the? I don't think we've ever acknowledged on this podcast that Ernie from the George Lopez show is the principal, but Yolo,
0: we haven't. Yeah, and that's that's about all there is to say about it, huh?
1: Literally, it. Um. Yeah. No, I like seeing Mr. Mazzara's backstory flesh I'm glad we got him back this season um and i don't know like on one hand it's like stupid that like new zealand comes back and like has a important but it's like you have interesting writing styles why can't you make the show better written like if you're gonna like pull on these strings anyways like can't you like mm-hmm. pull on the strings that you set up like the better call saw writers room this was not no um because they they closed every loop in that show um Anything else you want to say about the adults in the room, or do you want to move on to uh, Seven Carlos, which is my next note?
0: Um, no, um, Terry, uh, Gina's mom, uh, trash character, would have loved for you know maybe her to get some more airtime to um, give some context by, behind why Gina's mom is the way that she is, and maybe give her a chance for some some growth and atonement. But uh, no, pretty uh, one one of the more uh trash adults that i've seen on tv
1: i was just like why like it doesn't make any sense like it doesn't match gina's energy at all but mm. um seven carlos uh i found it very frustrating because the last season ended on this big cliffhanger of the trailer and carlos like cheating was a big thing like even though he didn't cheat and of course like big red goes shipped off to Cairo for a foreign exchange program, this school does not have the budget for that. I'm sorry. Like, no, this, this was...
0: The and, the, the, and the pizza place certainly doesn't have the money to fund him for that either. Yeah, the margins on a pizza joint are not also. great.
1: We didn't find out his name. So, like, Seb and Carlos, like, this storyline frustrated me because, like, it doesn't seem realistic. Like, Seb and Carlos haven't spoken in, like, a month since the trailer dropped. Like, what? They're, they're literally boyfriends. Like, yeah, Seb have, is busy on the farm, but he has a phone. Mm-hmm. Like, again, man who is older, not realizing that high school students would be on their phone texting all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I still love Seb. I thought they kept his character consistent in terms of the personality. And I thought he was, like, goofy and stupid. And I loved that part of it. Carlos, I also think, like, Frankie Rodriguez is great. And, like, I'm happy for the couple, the real-life couple themselves, but I don't know. It's just, like, disappointing when, like, I don't know. I'm just, like, the, the mood of the podcast is disappointed by the season. Mm-hmm. Um, But what did you think of the Seb Carlos big red love triangle that all of a sudden popped up and, like, was stupid? I also want to know more context. Like, big red kissed Seb. Did Seb kiss big red?
0: Right. Right, Yeah. Like I said, we just love more time. I wish we could have, you know, hashed that out earlier. Like in, in season one, sure, like it's, it's fairly realistic to say that Seb has been ghosting him for a bit. You know, he's been ghosting him for months. You know, he's – Carlos has been texting and calling. He's been ignoring him, blah, blah, blah. But I, I don't care about that in the show. You can, you can say that happened in the past month when we all weren't watching. Now let's get back to the character. That's what TV's all about so like let's episode one let's start addressing this let's you like said set the backstory he has been ghosting him and now let's get to see it be addressed and let's get that earlier let's find out some of these things earlier instead of wasting time on other storylines that we don't need and let's get Joe Serafini back in the show because that's one of the more talented people you have that's one of the more interesting characters you have so give us what we want I
1: yeah give us more Joe Serafini like I hope he blows up because he deserves it um he's so great at singing like i hope he like he and andrew bartholderman i think i saw on tiktok were like singing a song together like in a production Mm -hmm. yeah they
0: have one it was like two years ago or something too there's like one song on spotify with the two of them it's not from anything it's it's very you know sounds very dear evan hansen as did the the carlos and seb duet that they had it sounded very dear Evan. oh i was like this
1: gives musical theater this could suddenly see more
0: yeah no it definitely did We should. uh, I guess to dwell on the negativity still. It's just another gripe that I have about the show. It's like why this song that they're singing right now should not sound produced the same exact way as a Gina Porter like pop dance number. Like the production, the sound production almost should not sound the same, and they did, and it it disappointed. me.
1: Songs that you called the Katy Perry like pop generic stuff. Yeah. Um, And they had the same production value for those songs, like Balance from season three with Gina, the Corbin Blue Gina song uh, with the basketball dancing. Um, Mm -hmm. But as this like ballad that they're supposed to be doing, like the only song that should be, like if you're going to do a song like this, produce it in the same way that you did the Rose song where it's like easy, but like the soundtrack version, like in the show itself, it looks realistic and not overproduced. Mm -hmm. Like, like just well, like a like, straight stripped-down uh, version of the song.
0: Uh, like, set, it, set things up in such a way that the sound production, like, makes sense. If you're going, like, the fucking Halloween Nightmare song that they had, okay, make that song, as essentially was, you know, a dream sequence. Okay, a sequence can sound, you know, like it was done in the studio and overproduced. But when you have a song that literally sounds like is a, I mean, they're literally performing it live on the piano in a drama room. Make it sound like that instead of like you did this in the studio and now you're playing the CD over it. Like, no, we are
1: watching the, just the make blind. It like,
0: every, every other musical has ever done that before. Glee has done that, did that for eight seasons or whatever. Every other TV musical has made it sound exact six seasons. Is that what all Glee got? Oh, shame. Um, but yeah, like, uh, it, like, just make it sound. True to what the song is.
1: The climb in season two at Carlos's Quinceanero, I don't remember feeling this vibe in both the rewatch and the original watch. I feel like it wasn't overproduced in the way. And like, yeah, if you listen to the soundtrack no. version, it's like kind of produced like you would the climb, but like it felt mm-hmm. stripped, which is like uh the piano ballads, like that's the stuff that really mm-hmm. I love. Like I love a good piano ballad. Um, and I yeah. just felt like it didn't align with like it, like no it was it was 100%, 100% like, like yeah, not sure, but I, I have mm-hmm. a lot of thoughts on the music of this season um
0: yeah it, it's yeah. very reflective of just you know how, how lazy they were with the Seb storyline and then I'm you know even see, when his his songs were thrown in there they got lazier
1: I'm curious to see if I did an IMDB investigation I'm sure I probably prepped for this but like I want to know how much of the EPs turned over. Cause there were some names that were familiar, like Kimberly McDonough, I think is the director for a lot of episodes, Tim Federley, of course. But when I was doing my rewatches, I definitely noticed in season two, there was a woman, Emiliana Serrano. And the only reason that name stood out to me was because she was one of the writers on promised land. So I met her one time we chatted, she was very chill, but she was like an EP and a writer on season two, but she wasn't involved with the rest of the series. And I want to mm-hmm. examine like, um, if I looked back at it, like how much turnover was there between like the business people, the EPs of the show versus like the, like, if there was like a lot of turnover with the writing staff, cause maybe like, I just want to know why I'm just left confused, puzzled, mm-hmm. befuddled, confused. I don't know. Um, yeah. but overall I'm happy seven Carlos ended up together. Cause I do think it's like important to show gay kids that, you can find someone in high school and you can have the Sam and Chandler lifestyle if you're a gay couple too. Um, Mm. So I don't know. I like of all the couples that were together at the end, this one bothered me the least, I think, just because of the fact that it is a representation matters moment.
0: No, 100%. Like it it made sense. It was true to them. They've been together for a long time and um, their personalities made sense together. Kind of a, and you know, like like many good relationships, opposites attract in some instances, but they're also like the exact same person in other instances. Versus oh. like just a complete like a cl- it, there was no clashing of you know their dynamic. Yeah. It, it all it all made sense across the board.
1: And there were still things that I would have loved to flesh out. I think something really interesting that they could have circled back to in this season was there's something about like a trip that Seb and Carlos were going to take, and they made it all about Seb coming out to his parents. Um, mm-hmm but i thought it could have been cool to like circle back at the start of season two seb was very insecure about dating carlos because carlos came from money and seb worked on the mm-hmm. farm and like i remember carlos got him like a sweater that itched him and it was just like i feel like they could have played a little bit more flesh that out but i guess joe serafini was on a budget uh that couldn't bring him every episode um yeah. for whatever reason which is clownish in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, before we move on to the rest of the characters and all the and the music that i want to discuss um how did you did you binge watch this all, right? Or did you watch it in chance? Yes, I pretty
0: much watched all of it, not to give too much of a peek behind the curtain, but today. Um I watched I watched episode one probably uh, probably a week or so ago. Uh no. I watched part while I was at work. I watched it on my phone. Oh, okay. No, no I am like the last week was a weekend, me. right? No.
1: I basically like to be behind the curtain as well. Uh, I basically started last week and watched it in a couple days. Like I didn't. I did the last three episodes back to back to back. Uh, mm-hmm. And like I will say, like the last episode, I cried again. The characters. But how do you think this? Do you think if we had been doing weekly podcasts, whether it was like the both of us or like a rotating panel, um, do you think the season would have played better on a weekly? Because this is the only season that really was the binge.
0: Um. Yeah, I really don't know if I would have thought of it any differently if I'm being honest so I think it was it was fine either way um, I think, I'd probably I think the, it the Halloween episode yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. you can take it away I, I'm kind of with you honestly I think the binge model probably made it better Cause mm-hmm. if we were digesting weekly episodes, we probably would have like complained a lot more and by the end felt more unsatisfied. Cause I did rewatch mm-hmm. season three and I was like, okay, it wasn't as bad in the binge model, but I also knew what was happening and I knew where we were going. Right. Um, again, this is like a feel-good show. Like I, I'm just complaining because I have a podcast and I am allowed to do so. Um uh so also right. by the way, if we're at a, a feel good show can make you feel better. Yeah. Um if you have already tweeted at me, I doubt we will have anyone. But about what happened with Howie, please don't. Just one person, if you want, but like, only one person <laughs> needs to do that. <laughs> um, or X me. I don't know what it, we're calling it, but we're just calling it Twitter, right?
0: Yeah. No, we're still calling Twitter. We'll always call it Twitter until it burns into the ground, which might be soon. Might be soon. Are you on the Threads, Sam?
2: No. No, uh,
1: no. no, I'm not. I'm not on the Threads. I have a Threads. I've used it. Am I on the Threads? No, not really. Um, no, I'd rather just like put what I would put on Twitter on an Instagram story. (laughs) Um, Right. Uh, Ashlyn Maddox, big red. I'll let you take the floor with them first.
0: Um, I enjoyed it all. Like I said, I get exhausted of the, you know, the miscommunication. This person doesn't like me. This person doesn't like me, but I like them, but I don't want to tell them. Um, it does get exhausting. Like it, it would just be more fun to like we've seen that trip before and I get it. It's a, it's a feel good, low thought high school TV show, but like, let's, let's get that out in the first couple episodes and let's explore the relationship a little bit. Cause I, I always enjoyed Maddox and um, Ashlyn's character definitely grew from uh, season one, which we got to see, you know, and all the flashbacks and stuff. We got to see, um, you know, what, what it was, it was like back then. And I think they, maybe maybe I'm wrong I don't ever remember it being so exaggerated in the moment I believe it was just uh, a little bit of retconning during the flashback to make oh, uh, a lot of team so yeah but um no I I enjoyed their relief and I think like all of those things we could have got there faster and we could have like explored some more interesting dynamics. Like there was no reason for Big Red to be gone other than maybe they Cairo didn't want to pay him. Which he
1: probably yeah. cannot go to. <laughs> like
0: Yeah. It's sure. like I I and, I, and I, again I can't imagine money and contract issues being a problem for Larry Saperstein and Joe Serafini. No offense to them, they're both very talented but I can't imagine the demand is super high where they couldn't afford them anymore. So I don't know why we didn't get to explore these, these things, you know, the first one, two, maybe three episodes, you know, coming, you can have the hiatus in between the trailer for uh, the documentary into where we jump off in season four. And then we get to get into them, you know, talking to each other and exploring that a bit. And then, we move past it and we can explore the actual relationship and interesting dynamics because there are you know high school kids and you know people our age they have not seen um you know gay relationships on tv very often so let's let that get explored instead of just saying oh they did end up together because we clearly know that you know gay people can end up together but let's see you know what is their dynamic like is this what, what is the normal context of these relationships for me? What should I be looking for in this relationship that I'm going through? So why can't we explore those things instead of just having the, the boring tropes that we've seen for, you know, 50 years. And then at the very end, they have a kiss and they're all over each other.
1: Let me, so they played around with time in this season a lot. And we'll talk about that in a second. But like, let me fix the script for them. Episode one, the fallout from the documentary trailer maybe episode two that bleeds in. And then that conversation that Big Red and Ashlyn had, have it at the start of the season. Then while Maddox is not mm-hmm. there, they be texting a lot. They like build that up. And then she can focus on that storyline. And then as soon as Maddox gets to East High to be a PA on the show, on the on the movie, then you like shoot your shot, girl. Like you uh-huh. can have that like Halloween thing and then you can kiss and then call it. And then they're just a happy couple for the rest of the series. Um, and I just think that's, fleshed out so much better. They can have their healthy breakup at the start of the school year and then Big Red can just be like working extra at the pizza shop and like maybe like taking a pottery class that is like after school and conflicts with the theater and he's like yeah I had fun at the theater but I'm not like a techie I'm not um, a performer. I'm just more of like an arts and crafts guy behind the scenes like Mm -hmm. I don't know like I think that's how they can fix that make it a much cleaner storyline and also not leave us hanging and like granted this it's like i i can sing the praises of seasons one and two from like as much as i want but this has always been something that the show has done they'll end us with a cliffhanger and then they won't address it at all in the next episode even from the first season but like in season three notably when carlos crosses Mm. his name and they just like address it like with a thing and so like oh carlos we have cameras i'm like okay this is like your big cliffhanger and this is it uh so I, mm. I understand that they're not the best at, like, doing that, and that's not their storytelling style, but I think it could have just been more cleaner, more efficient. And the character moments work, so if you give it room to breathe with plot that makes sense, it really can just be stronger. Yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, it's a finished product. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm complaining about, like, how you can fix the writing of a finished product, but yeah. like,
0: it just feels weird. It's still very valid to give you know what you would have done better. And what you would have done differently, and you know, it's. I think it's fair to say we didn't need to wait for fucking Jojo Siwa's blessing for them to get together. Like they could have figured this out on their own a long time ago.
1: Jojo Siwa, yeah, uh, noticeably not in this season because they couldn't afford her, probably. But also, like
0: she's makes Now that answer. one makes sense. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah, yeah, She's Jojo canceled, Siwa. Not like been... canceled, right, it's because. Yeah, of just she yeah. With yeah a little bit of that bit, would be able to yeah. better.
1: i know he, he's like all up on the like celebrity gossip of like
0: yeah um... i know i know enough to but certainly not enough to uh you know put myself out there on a the podcast and act like i'm an expert on it but i know enough to get the gist of it anything else you want to say about ashland and maddox
1: and big red i guess uh, um,
0: no no really really happy for them i hope uh Jet and Maddox's parents are doing well financially to have to to move somewhere so suddenly. My hope um, is that,
1: that Quinn put her not, up in a hotel. That's the only, thing to as a PA? Yeah. That's the only logic I can. make.
0: maybe Maddox will start bringing in some money on her own soon. So,
1: yeah, not as a PA. I mean, she'll make better than a tour guide. i say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, just it's because of the home. days are long on those sets. Um. Yeah, no. But the only logical conclusion I can come up with is that like Maddox volunteered to be a PA, and for whatever reason, Disney had the money to give High School Musical Four the money to put a PA who lives twelve hours away up in a hotel room with her brother. But that's that's my yeah. that's my conspiracy theory. Mm. Um, Courtney and Jet. I mean, just Courtney, I guess, and then we can like filter in Jet because Jet didn't really have a storyline this season besides he for Courtney, right?
0: Yeah. No, that yeah, um, that didn't make sense at all. Um, I love the stuff
1: with Courtney and her mom, though. Like, I love the fact that we get her mom here.
0: Yes, Courtney like, and her colleges. mom. Great stuff. Great relationship. Best Great mom, woman. Best parent on the show. Mom. Yeah. Like, she, she when, in making her college decision, she didn't force anything on her. She didn't pressure her too much to go to an Ivy or to go to Lewis College. Like, she just, you know took her there, presented everything you know in front of her, and trusted that she had led her her daughter in such a way that she, she made the decision best for her. And she did, and it all worked out great. And yeah, props to Courtney's mom, parent of the year, parent of this entire show.
1: Yeah, also, I always like to mention that it's her real mom, Dara Renee's real mom. Um, I was pulling up the Wikipedia That's page. That's
0: cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that.
1: The Wikipedia page for Dara Renee? In 2021, it was announced that Dara Renee would host Disney's Magic Magic Bake Off with Raven's Home Star. Um, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, is this nailed it dip, but with a Disney movie or theme every episode? Anyways, um, no reason for that otherwise. Uh, she's also going to be in the new Descendants movie, The Rise of Red, um, where she is one of Ursula's daughters. So pop off. I think we might have talked about this last year, but um, she's playing a character named Uliana. The sister of Ursula and the aunt of China. How is she going to be? I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. I can't derail this conversation for that. But she's supposed to be older than China and McLean, who's definitely older than her. It doesn't make sense. I mean, wait. Never mind. Maybe maybe it can make sense because there's people who's like younger than their uh, older than their uncles. I guess if they have a big age gap. I'm just stupid. Um. So. I guess Courtney's college decision is going to be a big part of the season. Also, we kind of follow up a little bit with her therapy storylines. Uh, Courtney has this big decision at the end between, I think, Princeton and Lewis, and she chooses Lewis. And I thought that episode where she like, sings with the choir was pretty compelling. Um, I wish we got to see a little bit more of Courtney's um, journey through college decisions and her applications um, and like more of her day there. But we obviously saw the thing, and like Jet gets her to go to Lewis College so i think it's interesting but again jet and courtney together it just confuses me because i'm like where the fuck did how go um meanwhile sam's having some internet issues so i'm just gonna vamp for a moment emmy girl was like a sweet bumblebee last year at camp and then she's like creepy scary girl who like you don't want to mess with because she's weird and like hides and like she's like basically jenna ortega and wednesday so confused i am so 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 confused um all right so peek behind the curtain sam's back now um but courtney is uh here what did you think of courtney in this season and her college journey lewis versus princeton
0: you know i i thought courtney it it was a fairly real journey that is you know as as unrealistic as like you know every a high school kid not knowing what Ivy League they want to go to cuz for the most part if a if a high school kid is interested in Ivy they know which one they've known which one since they were 12 or they've known which two um so it's not not to doubt that Courtney is a very high achiever that could get into all of them um but other than that like the, the that was a, a realistic storyline is that high schoolers you know worry about where they want to go they they want to go somewhere that has the prestige Ooh, the Ivy League school or they, you know, explore some different uh, places, which I, I assume, I don't think they ever said, but it seemed like they were implying that Lewis College was an HBCU. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, and you know, the, I, I wish they would have said that explicitly, because that's an important uh, dynamic for high school kids to explore as well. Right. And um, but I thought that was a, a really real storyline. And like I said earlier, I appreciated how Courtney's mom, you know, let her investigate that for herself. what did you say?
1: Lewis University, apparently. It's okay, I thought it was Lewis.
0: I thought she said Lewis College.
1: That's what I thought too. Okay. But it, at least the Wikipedia, um, says it. But I'm trying to look up where it is because she said Atlanta, and this she said Atlanta, Atlanta
0: in the show. Looks like yeah, they, they're, they're well, so Lewis, college. Yep. Okay. Lewis College. yeah. Okay, Lewis College.
1: they are gonna L- say it's a fictional school.
0: Yeah, I believe it was a fictional school. I, so yeah, I, I did think she said Lewis College, but still, it seemed. Like, they were heavily implying it was an HBCU. Yeah, I think it was. Um, which would, it does seem like something that would be important to the Courtney character, and she explored that, and uh, she decided that that's where she felt at home. And so I really like that storyline. Um, you know, even as exhausting as that one was, you know, it did take the whole season. That's a real thing. Like, high school kids do fret over that for the entire semester or sometimes for the entire school year. Um, so I really like that. With the Emmy character, yeah, I just don't think it made much sense. I really don't know why she was brought in. Obviously, Liam Oysiger is very talented. Um, I, again, don't know why she had her own whole song in season three and essentially had her own whole song in season four, other than, you know, she negotiated that in the contract when they decided they Which wanted her in the show.
1: Rodrigo. Like-
0: yeah, I think they, Yeah, I think that's what they were going for. And again, it's a, a lack of self awareness for what the show is at this point. Like you already have you have already pumped out the megastar. This isn't the, you know, Disney Channel of the mid aughts where you're just gonna have, you know, a, a star consistent star factory. So just, you know, read the show for what it is. You already have Sophia Wiley, you already have darren Renee, you already have Julia Lester who's a fucking Tony nominee now. Like you have so much talent already, you don't need to try and manufacture one more from a person who According to her social media following, is already a a sizable star yeah. uh, for but social if you media want to standards. Have any
1: come support the show in the last episode? I'm not pressed about that. Like she's like, oh, yeah. my camp friends are doing a show, and bring back the other girl too. I feel bad for the other girl. Like why only her? Mm-hmm. Like um, yeah. no, yeah, you... she probably has Instagram followers more. But mm-hmm. um, no, there uh, there are
0: many uh, many other ways they could have added in. Like uh, okay, we don't want Carlos to be Miss Jen's assistant anymore. Natalie Bagley could be back. Someone I'm else there, could.
1: <laughs> Seb, <he's> Seb's beard.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that she, the only purpose she served was come back and you know retcon that she was Seb's beard, you know, two years ago or however long that was in in sense. real time.
1: They're bringing like so many of these camp characters back when you have Joe Garofini and Larry Saperstein, who are in the yeah. canon, like
0: yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, see, I hate. I hate. Obviously, I don't hate being negative because I'm, I'm fairly good at being negative, uh, but I hate being negative when it feels uh, pointed towards one of the actors. Because, like I said, Liam is very talented, but just very unnecessary for any of the industry. It's show.
1: the writing, it's not her. Um, and yeah. I will say, like, one of the positives, I think her song is one of my favorites of the season. Like, yep. I don't really remember many of the songs because a lot of the soundtrack is just High School Musical 3 songs uh Mm -hmm. and then they had like much noticeably less original songs than compared to the rest of the series like even Mm -hmm. season three i remember they were like pumping out original songs like two or three in episode and i didn't love all of them but there were some like right place by adrian lyle's great song um like i i really like that one so uh like they do have talent but like this one i feel like none of the songs are gonna stick with me past the season if i were to re-listen to a lot of them i think that would be one of the ones that i listen to the most
2: That's Um, fair. That's fair.
1: Speaking of colleges, Ricky's college journey and EJ, do you want to talk about that?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that part not much to say about it. it is what it is kind of makes sense. Um, you know, just finding out who they are and, you know, exploring, exploring a different side. I don't feel the need to get, you know, the, the saved by the bell college reboot for these two or anything. Um, but at least you know, it made sense instead of EJ going off to Duke and coming back, and he's some you know big hotshot that misses high school. Well, he's a guy that's still in Salt Lake and misses high school, and that kind of checks out for EJ's character. So he's grown. Um, he still, for the most part, is who he is, and yeah, you know, that that part at least is true to character.
1: He's emancipated. It sounds like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's a, a grown adult, so I don't know that. Legally, I don't know that there needs to be any uh, standings for that his and his dad's relationship. But yeah, it seems like he he doesn't talk to his dad much anymore, and so he's cut off financially and um, has to has to struggle through the plight of you know someone who had to take out student loans and go through college and work several jobs. It was uh, of what it sounds like, but I'm sure that's a good uh, you know character awakening for Mr. Elton John. So.
1: Yeah. Um, I just feel like the storyline with Ricky, like, yes, it's realistic because it is a thing, but it just felt like incomplete as well. Like, because this is mm-hmm. a journey that he could have continued to go on in the second half of this year. And mm-hmm. it just feels like, oh, so we got the start of this and maybe like that, maybe that was their intention, like to do like kind of a start and like, if the show is going to stop in the middle of their senior year, this is where he mm-hmm. is at with his journey. And I'm like, okay, I don't know. It's yeah. just, I like the fact that Ricky was doing something other than longing for a woman that Mm-hmm. He doesn't
0: deserve but it, it would have been really cool to have a fifth season and like people are split up and Ricky's like second semester he's like oh I decided you know to go ahead and start taking a, a college class ahead of time they let me you know do a you know pre-trial of you know remedial English or something to prove that my 1.8 GPA is behind me and that I'm a real good student now it's so, like they could have done stuff where he's like taking some college classes and now him it's like their storyline is a E. EJ and Ricky buddy cop storyline. And like, we can just explore a friendship there and we can explore Gina going off to be a star and do all these things. Uh, but no, this is where we've ended.
1: Yeah, so weird. Um, let's talk about High School Musical 4. Let's start with the new characters that they added for this and then we'll talk about the reunion stuff later. But Quinn, Mac, and Danny, I like Danny. I don't know. I was like, okay, give us this Latina like character. Like we could use like this like kind of like villain i feel like i really enjoyed lily um because it felt like we had an antagonist that wasn't just like the universe um mm-hmm. and i don't know i feel like they tried to make danny a little bit of an antagonist and it didn't work 100 percent. but i'm like try something give us like this like hot girl influencer that can't act heavily auto tune. and i think i thought that was supposed to be the point when she did that original song uh the high school musical a song at the second episode where she like sings. I thought that was supposed to be auto tuned intentionally and overproduced, but then I kept noticing the thing that you brought up, like the overproduced stuff, and I was like, oh no, maybe they just like didn't care. But I thought yeah. that was supposed to be like the thing she can't sing. I thought that was supposed to be a storyline. She can't actually mm. can't sing. Why is she here? She's just an influencer. I thought there could have been some fun commentary on that, um, but of course, commentary is not their strong suit. Right. No, it
0: it could have been such a quick, offhanded joke, like. You know, she stops at the very end, she stops moving her mouth and the track keeps going. That's all you needed. Like, just a quick joke to say, okay, she actually is just, you know, an influencer, not actually talented, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Yeah, I didn't really, not to take anything away from the actors, didn't care for the characters at all. Don't think they uh, served much of a purpose.
1: Yeah, they didn't. uh, But anyway. I think, especially like once she got booted from the movie, leave it there. Like, when she came back, I was like, okay, this is unnecessary um yeah, i'm not gonna get yeah. her number from courtney courtney's not even gonna have her number it's gonna be they're gonna dm on instagram like mm-hmm. that's not that yeah um and what about mac i like i like the actor he seemed like chill i think he's on that did you mention this like doogie, doogie yeah Miller.
0: he's on doogie, Kami aloha in the yeah.
1: i like him um, like he has like acting chops he seems like he has swag i think he had better chemistry with sophia wiley than joshua bassett did this season no 100 percent. yeah no, um, he did. But, like, I don't know. Like, it's stupid. Whatever. It served no purpose. High School Musical Four did not need to be a thing. And I'm kind of upset that they even made it meta. Like, that's probably why they couldn't afford Larry Saperstein and Joe Seraphini, because they, like, had to cash, like, some checks for Lucas Grabeel's one episode. The dude mm-hmm. from Pentatonics, who's his husband. <laughs> Um like Moni Coleman's two episode cameo, Allison Reed being in like five episodes of the show and looking very different than I expected Allison Reed to walk around. Like I thought she had grandma vibes and she was giving motorcycle lesbian vibes the whole time she was there.
0: Very unsettling hearing her talk as a normal person. Yeah. I'll say that as well.
1: Um Coach Bolton there, like what did you think of like the fact that they were all there? Like and the song that they did and like Corbin was barely there also.
0: Yeah, I said I think they milked Corbin for all he was worth in Season 3, which is fine. Um, and and looking back, like, I don't even, you know, we talked about being worried that the plot would get too meta. Um, I don't even care that it got that meta. I thought they did fine with the High School Musical 4. Plot line, it did kind of serve as like, okay, this is, you know, this is a, can be a... uh the issue that arises and you know this is the the plot mechanism to do it that gina's okay now she's going to become a big star that'll put a wrench in her relationship and all that um so i was fine with how that all happened i just don't think like the the characters could have just been exactly as they were mac and Danny could have been exactly what they were just a lot more minimal yeah, like they, yeah Ma- and that could have been them. minimal for sure yeah.
1: um i think like i said when I first heard this, I thought my brain was going to explode. And I was like, I hate this. I still don't love it. But, like, for what they could have done, this was actually, like, not a bad case scenario. I think this was actually mm-hmm. handled quite well. It was kind of separate. It was, like, Gina's on one hand. Like, honestly, you, you could have, like, just, like, pulled Gina because, like, Max saw her, like, performing or something. Like, you didn't even need the whole, like, oh, we're extras and we're trying to fit both shows into our schedule. Like, you could have been, like, mm-hmm. oh, you're a couple background actors. But then, like, I don't know about you, but in my high school... I didn't have the same class with the same five people every single time. Like you could Mm. have had found other students at East high to be extras as well. That like the, these students could have been going to rehearsal like throughout the time. And Gina, yeah, like that dichotomy, but I thought it was handled a lot better than I expected to be transparent. Mm. It still doesn't make me love it, but I, I also will say the high school reunion song felt like it belonged in the high school musical cinematic universe. Like in terms of like, it felt like it was, one of the original songs because it just like had the same aesthetic and that Mm. probably was a lot of work behind the scenes to make it do that but it didn't feel like a 2023 song it felt like a 2006 2007 2008 high school musical song
0: oh for sure um
1: any any standouts from the original cast anything you want to mention do you have any commentary about pentatonix guy
0: um yeah it was like i i guess they're it was, it was funny to just to see the Pentatonix guy in the first episode, and then it goes unaddressed until the very last episode where they mention him by name. And okay. you know, he's playing, you know, Lucas Graviel's partner in he the high school musical
1: four. I see Ryan in a gay relationship because um, he's uh, always hinted at undertones. I know Kenny right. was like, Ryan would have come out in college, um, and I uh-huh. like that. But also, like, I mean, I agree with what I said last year. Don't waste my time if you're not gonna bring back Zach, Vanessa, or Ashley for this project. Like, you can't get them, don't waste it, don't waste our time. Like, maybe you could have like Monique Coleman doing like uh like uh 20 years looking back or whatever, like segment. Like you can have that moment with Courtney that I actually loved um Mm. in the last episode, but you don't need to like have the facade of a high school musical for you could have like just some random other production there that Gina's gonna get swept up in. They can still mm. have the musical be High School Musical 3. Like, there's like what layers that, like, they didn't have to. Like, was it worth all that, those checks that you get to cash to, like, have the storyline be convoluted? Mm. Um, speaking of Disney Channel movies, um, I saw the Jonas Brothers this week. Oh. <laughs> they sang Play My Music from Camp Rock, which made me very happy. They also did LA Baby from Jonas. Nice. Um, also, can- can- kind of saw the.
0: Chandler saw them on the day that the unfortunate news about Joe Jonas and so Turner broke. We were in Austin and she was going to see them. She also saw them in New York, their very first show of the tour. She saw them in Yankee Stadium and so yeah some of the songs hit a little bit differently uh you know a well, couple months later trying but...
1: during hesitate. there's probably like been the viral tiktok by now but he said like mm-hmm. if these lips don't say it don't believe it but then i saw like all these clickbait articles that was like joe jonas reveals the reason why his, he's getting divorced and stuff and it's like don't do that but I yeah you know, you're trying to get clicks but whatever um but and then right after he does that it, nick jonas is like so this song is about falling in love and i uh went on my first date in the stadium with my wife um five years ago and apparently she was there on the floor because floor tickets were cheap that day. Like one of my friend's coworkers, we ran into her and she said she bought them for $140 wow. for floor And she was like near Priyanka. And I was like, oh wow. Uh-huh. Um but anyways that just came up to mind because we were talking about Disney <laughs> stars.
0: Um the music. Any standouts from the music this year? Um I had a couple that I really liked. I so the one of the old High School Musical 3 songs that I liked. Um, oh, what is that one called? When they is when okay, oh, I just dance. Um, oh, yeah, oh, I love that. Yeah. That
1: was actually pretty
0: good. Really good. It's great in High School Musical 3, it was great in this one. Other than that, I'm not super attached to like High Bomb School Musical 3. Oh, go for it. Yeah, I love the scene. I hate the little
1: tag at the end that Ricky was like, "Oh, we are up until three a.m. Prats in this, not realistic." Gina's mom would not have that shenanigans in her home. Right. Um, just say like it was spontaneous and in the moment. That's how you want to reveal to everyone that mm-hmm. you're dating, like that. I would have much preferred that. It just, I don't know.
0: Like, anyways,
1: I, I actually thought that arrangement of all the ones that were like, that, that was like the
0: least overly produced. For, yeah, um, and that's and that's precisely why I loved it the most. Like, it just it felt authentic. It felt like two people. In a choir room, singing and dancing to each other. Um, I really liked uh, "Call It What You Want," the Julia Lester and Sailor Bell song. Oh, um, that's really
1: cool to hear because that yeah. was one of my lesser favorites. But I'm glad that you. See, those it 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 were the Chambers as
0: well. Yeah, she did not enjoy it, but I I really enjoyed that one. I thought the melodies were interesting. She didn't like the harmonies. I thought the harmonies were very interesting in that song. Um, I just thought it felt it felt a bit more original than most I like of the these. Scene. I like the scene, yeah. but I was
1: listening to it back and I was like, I don't know. I'm not just vibing with the song. Like I did give each song a chance because I also wasn't vibing with jump. I like the scene, but then re-listening to him like, oh, this is actually a really good song. It's just like mm-hmm. maybe not my jam necessarily, but for whatever reason, call, me, call it what you want for whatever reason. Maybe it's just too samey samey as a lot of the other HSMT MTS songs, mm-hmm. but I appreciate the fact that you like it, but I have to say I'm team channel on this one.
0: Yeah, no, and that's fair, and that's my truth to stand in, but it did feel like kind of that, um, you know, the, the very popular, like, soft girl pop these days, like the the Gracie Abrams sounding is, like, the the very breathy uh, pop girl sounds, but I like that music, and I thought the song was good. Um, so, yeah, I like that one, and what was the other one that I liked? Um... You you give you give the songs you like, and I'll keep scrolling I'll through these ones. So I love Sophia
1: stuff. Wiley's version of "Walk Away." Like, I genuinely mm-hmm. have been listening to that. Like, I still think I prefer Vanessa's because, like, that's the original that I grew up with. But like, Sophia Wiley, like, also like the acting in that song. Like, I felt like it was actually really good. Um, for all the HSM3 songs that they did, I thought this one was good. I also liked the audition version of Now or Never. I think it was still mm-hmm. a little overproduced, but I liked the renditions of Now or Never that they had for both times that they did it this season, even though I thought they were both overproduced. Like, mm-hmm. I think if they just like cut back on the production a little bit, it would have sounded better, but I like Joshua Bassett's version. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Jump was solid. I enjoyed it more in the re-listen. I strangely like the the um trick-or-treat one like the zombie one um, interesting i thought it was a vibe like will i listen to it regularly no but if it came out on the club i think i'd throw my ass um interesting. so yeah it's just uh i, See, I don't for know
0: me music for, my, my, uh, I for me i can the instrumental guilty pleasure oh uh, yeah i like that one um but, but my my guilty pleasure that would be the same as your your nightmares song for me it would be the puppy love song not the theme song from the matt mark and spark show but no, the, when the, so Bassett saying like the acoustic cover i was yeah. like that's pretty good it's pretty fucking good yeah um so yeah i like that yeah. one. those would be my I, three
1: i also liked how he mixed it in at the end of the series with um, mm-hmm. w- it's a different song but like is it like I, i'm all love for you or something I, it's mm-hmm. not i'm on a screen rant article about it a dreams don't die i also thought was fun um and i don't know like in terms of the hsm three uh, uh, three stuff um the boys are back was a miss for me scream mm-hmm. was a miss for me although i did like the low budget like hallway spinning because it feels very realistic uh-huh. um i love the cast version of high school musical and danny's version even though they were both overproduced but again you can't mm-hmm. miss the original um second chance i like the instrumental that they brought in for the flashback episode or well, i don't know if it was second chance uh the flashback episode or the college episode what did you think of mm-hmm. the flashback episode by the way like and how they retconned a lot of things
0: um uh, yeah I, I i want things to be more earned and be set up in the past but like you said they don't have the better salt call saw uh writer's room going on so it's fine to retcon a little bit don't Try and tell me that don't don't work on too hard and be like, oh, Gina's always been in love with Ricky since the moment she saw him. Like, you don't you don't gotta do that to me. Like that's just that's not true.
1: Have you rewatched the first season? Ricky had no interest in Gina at that point in time. All he was caring about was getting back with Nene, showing him that he loved her. Like he sang the song that she wrote. And mm-hmm. like then it like makes it seem that like oh Ricky's inspiration was Gina. I was like no, no yeah. you, don't
0: don't make and then, me so and stupid. Then, right? And then I don't need it explained to me too. I don't need Ashlyn sitting there after the flashback going. So if Gina never did this, then Ricky never. Really, I I don't need that. I don't think I anyone hate, needs that. I didn't
1: hate the, didn't hate the Carlos Miss Jen one. I didn't hate no, the that, was Jen. Fine. that one. That one.
0: That one felt mind. real. Um, yeah. Even even the Courtney Allison and Ashlyn one. Though. What? Oh yeah, no, I didn't care for that. That part didn't make sense. That was part where I was like looking at my phone before, and I looked back. I was like, "Is this a flashback right now? Is even I don't know which part, what what timeline anymore."
1: If if it was like some random other actor that like had like a bit role in something and was like giving her advice, like a Disney Channel, like any other Disney person, like if it was Jordan Sparks, what's she doing? She could like give Kate Miss Jen some advice, like (laughs) having been on Broadway, Uh, but. I don't know. I didn't like that one, but I didn't care. I like the said Natalie Bagley one. And I like the Carlos Miss Jen one um, mm-hmm. because it feels authentic to Miss Jen being like, no, you are my baby. Now I'm going to protect you, Carlos. And I see your value, even though you don't yeah. see your value. And it, I think it yeah. started his growth. Cause like, he seems very confident and we peel back the layers and seen that he's a little bit more insecure. Carlos is becoming like one of my favorites, just like talking it out, like, just like his arc. And like, I just, maybe it's the consistency that he never, seemed inconsistent as a character even though the
0: writing was off for sure hmm. no but like it felt so real i was like i was thinking is like did this happen because like i feel like this this might have happened before if like a, i like, couldn't remember it's was, like was this as a, a, a scene in you know episode one season one um and then the the courtney and Ashland flashback it was fine it was that like that that it's isn't ever a kind of trope to do in flashbacks in my opinion like oh you're you're over exaggerating, you know, how these characters were in the beginning. That's fine. I like, guess. And was that's also not the Mr. And
1: That's yeah. another one. But I think my favorite by far was the Seb and Natalie Bagley. And then I think the Courtney Ashton one was like I was neutral on, as was the Mr. Mazar Miss Jen one. But the best two ones were the Seb and Natalie Bagley and then Carlos and Miss Jen. And like there's the jokey one and the feel-good one, and I think both worked, but the mm-hmm. Ricky Gina one really rubbed me the wrong way. It felt like the I guys agree. were calling me stupid. Um, yeah, 100%. and I know that feeling. Is there anything else you want to get off your chest? You want to talk more about the French kid in Big Red, or did you get that all out of your system?
0: No, I got it all out of my system. I think I'm I'm good to wrap it up. I don't need to talk about Andy Barstowman anymore. But I support him
1: in all he does. Have you, have you, did you, we talked about this last time. Have you since seen No Hard Feelings?
0: I have not. No. I, have you I, I, I saw a tweet. Uh, no, I haven't.
1: No, I recommend if you like a good piano cover. It's Man Eater by okay. Hall Notes. Oates. Um, yeah. Great version. Um, and a great scene in the movie also. But, yeah. Um, Mine just might just wait till uh, it's on
0: Netflix soon. Give it a watch.
1: Let's leave all your thoughts on the table for High School Musical, the musical series. Do you regret this journey? Do you enjoy it? Um, and then I have one final question for you. How do you think the show would have had its legacy if it just ended at season two they just kind of called it a wrap i feel like it had a wholesome enough ending that they can just like call it quits there so feel why sorry joshua bassett and olivia rodrigo they can't be in the same room let's just end it there
2: hmm.
0: um i i don't regret this journey i did enjoy i loved uh how season one made me feel um uh, i thought season two was fine and i i was it was perfectly fine enough where I, I still care enough to do a more than an hour long podcast to talk about these characters. So I I don't regret the journey at all. I wish it had ended better. Do I wish it ended after season two? No, not necessarily. I'm glad we got what we got. Um, we got to see more of these people become stars. We at least did get to explore the characters a little bit more. Um, yeah. You know, like uh, every every criticism I've gave, I wish it you know had been developed in a better way. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the show, and it does. It just you know makes me pissed at the tech overlords at Disney even more these days. Yeah, so. um, I I agree with
1: you. Like the writing, sure. Like if you had ended it at season two, High School Musical and Musical series as a show would have lived in a more elevated space in my TV mm-hmm. watching brain. Um, That being said, I think the last two seasons did do a lot of important stuff with bisexual representation that I will always be grateful for. Also, Mm -hmm. I had a great time podcasting with you and all the other people that I've talked about the show with. Um, And like, I'm always going to be grateful for those memories and that fun. And like, they did give us some great songs that like, I genuinely enjoy listening to both the covers and the originals. And yeah, these last two seasons were disappointing, but it's still a journey. And I mean, the, this, like, a, everything you do will, like, I think, speak to a point in time. And I will always remember High School Musical, the musical the series, for what it was, what it could have mm-hmm. been, what it wasn't, and, but also, like, the vibes that we had. And I'm excited to follow these people. I think, like, this is a cast that, like, The big people are going to blow up, which I'm excited for. Like, Joshua Bassett's already pretty, pretty big. Olivia Rodrigo, of course, is the thing. But I am optimistic. Like you said, Julia Lester, Tony nominee, those are just three actors. But I think we could see stuff from Dara Renee. I want to follow Kate Reindeers wherever she goes. Mm -hmm. I really like her. Um, I love Frankie Rodriguez and Joe Serafini. Anytime Joe Serafini is going to be singing, I'm there big red started a tap dance company i'm happy mm-hmm. for him will i sign up for a class i don't know because <laughs> um i don't know i i, I love larry it's cheap, but, right? but um yeah but uh, yeah I, I could see adrian lyle's becoming a music star he's a great voice like there's like room for all these liamani segura of course like i think the cast is stacked. i mean we talked about mr mazara's in the menu like they're gonna go places like this is not a cast you can like mm-hmm. sleep over and that's always gonna be remembered like I love Glee with all my heart. But like I think like the Glee stars blew up, but then there's also people like who haven't acted. And I feel like this is gonna be more of like the blow-up stars. Like they're all gonna do stuff with a couple exceptions.
0: No, I agree. Season one had was better than any right that it ever had to be. And maybe part of that was to the detriment of these producers that like the the bar was set high for better or for worse. And I'm personally I'm glad that the show got to continue being made so we don't have this like oh man what could have been we could have had you know such an incredible show no we got to see it for what it was they caught lightning in a bubble season one. they had incredible performances and that was what it was we need some more
1: representation for shows jumping the shark and ending badly um but, yes. like i mean the show ended actually fine it was like whatever i did cry mm-hmm. i'll own that i i cried yeah
0: but, this uh, season two, I think, was what this show was always meant to be, and that's fine. And that it was supposed to be a cheesy, a putting it. easy watch. Um, wasn't supposed to be a thinker. It didn't probably didn't deserve to be evaluated as such. But they, like I said, caught lightning in a bottle. Season one, they developed one of the biggest pop stars in the world now, um, and yeah, so they, it got unfairly judged in that light. And, yeah, this, I think Season 4 was a good encapsulation of what this show was meant to be, and we we know, we will always know. That's a great way to put it.
1: Season 4 is what I expected Season 1 to be. And because we mm-hmm. got Season 1 and 2, which were better than expectations, I think I had the bar too high, and then I had to remember that this is what they were not intending, and it was just better. Right. Like Then they started to, like... Um, cut their feet off to spite their face. I don't know what that's saying. Right. To yeah. Cut your, so. cut your nose off to spite your face, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, what do you have that you want to promote? And then also a pop culture plug um, from you, Sam. Where do you, where do you want people to keep up
0: with you? Oh, man. Um. You can follow me on, I don't really post anything anywhere these days. I'm still okay. on YouTube. Know, no, I haven't posted any TikToks in a while. I just don't, you know, I, I don't feel the need to... You know, go out and seek affirmation from strangers, as good as it does feel when you do get said affirmation. Trying to be better about not uh, relying on that and not needing that and caring about it. So, yeah, I haven't, I haven't post much. I have some, you know, funny thoughts, and I'll make a video on occasion and send it to Chandler, send it to William, and uh, think, would this be funny? I don't care if everyone else thinks it's funny. I think it's funny. Leave it in the draft. Uh, but I am still on TikTok and Twitter at not that Sam Davis. Um, haven't done any other podcasts in a while. Haven't really done anything, but you know, maybe someday we'll get back at it because I do enjoy doing things like this with you, and I enjoyed doing everyone and their brother whenever you know if we ever get back to doing that. So yeah, we'll see. Just keep tuned in, I guess. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. Brazilian Dragon Productions. We're figuring things out. Uh, I this is my first podcast in a hot minute, but I have been releasing episodes. Uh, Media Made Me has been going strong We have most recently Released an episode with Alec Hester Lonnie Dangerous is up this week He's a stand-up comedian, rapper um, One of my buddies out here in LA uh, For the RHP folk You might be interested in Rob Nino, Mike Bloom, Latonya Starks They have all done episodes um, And then we have another comic next week uh, We also have my friends Dejan uh, Who are twin fluencers Which is fun to talk about with them um otherwise we have some more plans maybe we'll do some more pot talk jam and break like after stuff just like talking about the music part of me wants to do another bracket um but part of me also like that's a lot of work and i'm like i don't know but if mm-hmm. you ever want to do any of those bracket stuff sam you're welcome to come on hop on talk about the music but it would just be like about the music covers and we would do kind of like the zillennial theme sock bracket style um otherwise have a lot of plans, no I nothing set in motion. Maybe we'll get back to Scooby-Doo. maybe not. I do want to do a si Se Puede episode coming up for Latin Heritage Month uh, following up on the year of Survivor that we had last year. But basically just stay tuned to all the socials at Brazil Dragon Pod at what the Fleep on all social media. Um, and yeah, otherwise, my pop culture plug will go after Sam. I'll go first. Better call Saul. I mentioned it a couple times. Great show. If you want a show with good writing, go watch it. Sam, what's your pop culture plug?
0: I actually did just finish watching, probably about a month ago, I finished watching Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul uh, before, once once Netflix put the time a-tick in yeah. on the parents' uh, account, I was like, well, now's better time, as good a time as any. So I finally have watched been Better Call Saul. By the
1: pastor police?
0: Um, I think I have. I haven't checked in a while, but uh, uh channel is reported to me that we are,
1: yeah, it took a William while. Uploaded.
0: Yeah, he got booted early. We got booted from Chandler's family uh, pretty early on, but my family, it stayed on there for a while, but I believe we might have been booted now. Um, I, I guess I have, I have three albums as of late. That, so I got to We already talked about Guts, Olivia Rodrigo. That's number one. Number two, um, been embracing my Oklahoma roots lately, and there's a man named Zach Bryan, country artist from Oklahoma. He's more of a country rock guy. Um, very much enjoy his newest self-titled album Zach Ryan uh, he had some songs with like the Lumineers Casey Musgraves um, I, re- I really enjoy his music really embracing the countryside of who I, I you know where I grew up and also Miss Renee Rapp from the Sex Lives of College Girls um, has released a new album as well so I have a, a wide range of taste, and I just you know enjoy good music, and that is all. Great music. With
1: absolutely no disrespect to Miss Renee Rapp, I don't think she's going to pull in Olivia Rodrigo. That's my thought. Not quite. Maybe I'll eat my she's... words. I'll eat my words if I eat them. But I feel like girls should have waited at least till the third season before she like did something like this and left the show.
0: But yeah, like, no. It is... See
1: what the album does before you leave the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But yeah. you know she's she seems to be happy with you know the the decision she's made and she seems uh mentally mentally well off for making that decision so happy for her. The album's very good. I
1: watch Block G still. I've heard it's great. It is. Yeah. Anyways, Sam, do we have a hashtag? Should we do hashtag um, Reini or hashtag Rena or Reini? Hashtag Rina or, Rini? <laughs> hashtag Rina or Rini. Um Love it. Yeah. I don't know. This was fun. Anyways. Wildcats, keep your head in the game. Forever and always, Brazilian Dragon. Bye.